Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Merry Christmas. Oh, wait, it's not Christmas. It's December 28th or December 29th when you listen to this episode. Happy holidays, fam. I just wanted to say it's been an amazing year once again getting to bring guests to your ears every week. Uh, it's been fascinating to, to listen to a lot of the viewers and, uh, sorry, listeners and hear them talk about what they want to hear, guests they want to see. And I honestly can't thank you enough. Um, there's one more episode before the new year, so uh, you know I'll uh, I'll say I'll say Happy New Year anyway, but I'll still say Happy New Year in the next episode. But I just want to thank you all, thank you all. I mean, your support has meant an incredible amount. Uh, you know, as told by Nomads was recently noticed and recognized on Inc. Uh, Inc.com as one of the hundred podcasts that will make you smarter, better, and wiser. You know, it was number 25 ahead of many, many podcasts that I I, I look up to. And, and I honestly can't say that, you know, that it will be there without your support and your constant just just uh, consistency to listen to the podcast. And I really appreciate all the shares and all the uh, and all the uh, mentions that you, you um, you know, you give us told by nomads and UID media in general. Um so thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, a lot of you also asked what it's like for a podcaster and someone like me to create content. So, you know, I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Today's interview, ironically, is about another podcast, a podcast that I've come to admire. It's from a very funny lady, Helen Saltzman. Uh, we'll get into the episode uh, soon, but I want to talk to you a little bit about what I'm doing. So I, you know, the past year and a half, you know, going through this journey with you and hosting a few other shows and also running UID Media has led me to, to, to really want to be more of a voice for our generation as millennials and, and, and millennials all over the world. I, I honestly feel like, um, you know, as we take our place as the next set of global leaders, it's time for us to, to, to seize our mantle and we need more access to information, to mentors, uh, to be able to, we need a community of people to build um, to talk to or vent about our anxieties, our depressions, or rejections. And we need to be able to find avenues where we can channel our passions and learn how to build businesses and, and just build a community of awesome change makers. And so because of that, I want, uh, I'm going to start uh, raising money for a network of podcasts that I, I'll be producing and, and hosting a few of those in the next year that's focused on on really... Um, uh, helping millennials around the world to to you know to become global leaders to use the differences to make a difference. Like I like to say, a lot of the content will focus on diversity, entrepreneurship, and and general millennial topics that we don't get to hear about. Um, you know, I've been producing a few pilots, but now I have raised um, 
you know, now I'm in the process rather of raising money and you know, I'll play the video that I, I, I made for my Patreon campaign and Patreon is a place where uh, it's a crowdfunding site where podcasters and other content creators can go uh, to, to reach out to their users and have them support them. But um, the reason I'm saying this is to you is because honestly, this has been the, the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my life. And you know, for the production to continue, a lot of times, you know, you need support to keep it at a right quality. And now to, to scale, uh, you know, definitely reaching a level where I, I would, um, I would need support from the audience as well as, uh, as, as just people spreading the word about what I'm trying to do in, in order to, to make sure we really make a global impact, uh, because I think it just takes, you know, it takes everyone doing, uh, uh, their, you know, their, their best and, uh, and then just sharing. So the UID Media uh, Patreon campaign is as follows. This is a YouTube video, but you're going to be able to hear it on the audio side. Uh, and then I'll put the link for you in the show notes. Oh, hey there. <laughs> Roxon. Ty Roxon. Let me, let me just put this uh, away here. So there are three words that brands consistently use, especially in the 21st century. You know them. Millennials. Diversity entrepreneurs but these brands really understand what it's like to get in the minds of a millennial that is diverse and entrepreneurial i don't think so so what i'm proposing to do as the host of as told by nomads and hustle culture is build a network of content that we as millennials and entrepreneurs and people that associate with several cultures identify with I want to create a network of content that you care about. I want to create a network of content that resonates with you. I want to create a network of content that accurately tells your stories. Imagine a podcast that speaks to what it's like for a, an individual to move across countries. Imagine a podcast that talks about what the challenges truly are like for a millennial entrepreneur in today's world. Imagine a podcast that accurately depicts what it's like to travel from one place to another while having to fit in to a new environment. Imagine a podcast that talks about the world of millennials today. As the host of Is Told by Nomads, I've recorded over a hundred episodes of some of the world's foremost experts who are experts in travel, who are experts in culture, who are experts in entrepreneurship. And what I've learned, there is so much more to be discussed. So I want to segment out these cultures and segment out this podcast and segment out all these pieces of content and give you just the right piece of information you want while I entertain you. So help me create this network of podcasts that truly tells our stories. I'm going to be putting out some cool patrons or some cool gifts for each patron depending on the level that each of you contribute to. I really want to make this interactive. So tell me what type of shows you want to get. But some of the things you would have access to would be pilots of the new shows, uh, video access to some of the uh, cool guests that we're having, T-shirts, and whatever we mutually decide. This is going to be a journey that you and I are going through. Because we want to tell the world our story. We don't want to be spoken at. And we want, most importantly, to use our differences to make a difference. Hope to see you on the other side. Signing out now. <laughs> so uh, that's the video. I'm going to put the link in the site. But the Patreon campaign, and Patreon is spelled uh, P A T R E 
P-A-T-R-E-O-N. It's uh, www.patreon.com forward slash UID. It's just a uh, you know it's just a cool thing that I that you know that I'm trying to do and trying to scale. Would really love your support and would really uh, appreciate you sharing this all. But um, with that being said, let's hear funny lady Helen Zaltzman as she talks about how she created her podcast, which is on you know an interesting take on language, but also how she became to be uh, a podcaster. It, it, it's a, it's very conversational. It's a little bit different from previous interviews, but it's uh it gives you an insight to a podcaster's life and i kind of wanted you the audience to to sort of see you know what it's like to you know to, to for podcasters differently around the world to you know to make a living so uh without further ado here's the episode helen take it away Welcome to the As Told by Nomads podcast, where you'll learn how nomads, third culture kids, entrepreneurs, and leaders all over the world embrace their global identity and use their difference to make a difference. And now, having lived on four different continents, here's your host, Tyo Roxy. Welcome, everybody. Today, I have with me a Brit, Helen Saltzman, and I'm sure I said that wrong, so she's going to correct me soon, but she's an English <laughs> podcaster, broadcaster, and writer. Uh, she's best known for work with longtime collaborator Holly Mann, and uh, that we, they work together to present the Answer Me This podcast, but she's also the host of The Illusionist, which recently won Best New Podcast in 2015. So she's a she's a boss in the in the podcasting and broadcasting industry, and she's a very creative person who's got an interesting take, <laughs> <laughs> interesting take on languages, <laughs> and a very good in, uh, sense of humor, which you find out soon. Welcome to the show, Helen. <laughs> I mean, let, let's just see about that. That's going to be very subjective, isn't it, to your listeners? <laughs> I'd give her sense of humor. I don't know, four out of ten max. <laughs> well, you know, there are there are quite a few Brits that that listen to this, so. Most of my family is British, so they they uh, they're very supportive and they listen. They come from like uh, Milton Keynes and and uh, oh. London. It's just various areas. So um, cool. Yeah, yeah. So Milton Keynes, eh? Hey, Milton Keynes. <laughs> they named the two economists. They do. Yeah. Well, no, hang on. It's named after um, the poet John Milton and the economist John Maynard Keynes. Wow. But it's pronounced Keynes. Go figure. I wow. can't. Yeah, what you Milton learned... Keynes facts, everybody. I've got nothing else about Milton <laughs> Keynes. <laughs> so, Helen, why don't you tell us about yourself? Tell us about your work and why you got into this line of work, uh, podcasting and broadcasting. Well, well, I started podcasting nine years ago uh, with Answer Me This because I couldn't get radio work and um, I quite wanted to. And so Ollie, my co-host, and I thought, oh, probably within about 10 episodes, the BBC will have given us a show. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that turned out not to be the case, but I think that was quite lucky because the podcast became its own end. Um, and it's a show in which we answer questions from the listeners. So we just hear from these people that probably would never want to talk to us in real life. Mm-hmm. And if we were trying to d- direct a show at them, we'd probably fail. Like we have a lot of teenagers listening 
and even though we shot and even though we started the show when I was 26 and um, I'm now nearly 36 um, and I think if we'd been aiming the show at teenagers in our mid-twenties it would have just been so excruciating to listen to and the teenagers would have been very cynical about it but because it wasn't really aimed at them they like the fact that they're listening to something that they they think is for people older than them it feels it's inclusive and and they're so interesting the thoughts that they're having that maybe other people aren't hearing about and then we hear from people who are decades older than them and from completely different countries and um, that's been really cool just connecting with an ever-growing podcast audience a lot has changed in podcasting over that time there weren't even iphones or really twitter when we started that's crazy that's how much stuff has changed (laughs) yeah youtube is less than two years old so you've seen all the waves of podcasting because we you know we always say we're an interesting wave you know you've had when podcasting first came out and everybody was like wow um this is this is really cool and then sort of died down and then it came back up again and died down and it came back up with like serial <laughs> and all these people and obviously the podcast network that you're, you're part of um yeah you but you stayed through all that did you did you experience <laughs> a a wave in your audience size or did you have a consistent audience size during that period um i, I mean i stayed with it because i had nothing better to do <laughs> I, I actually think um, podcasting has been growing fairly steadily throughout that time. Hmm. It was just that journalistic interest evaporated right. and then it came back with Serial. Um, but our audience has grown, uh, if you looked at the uh, at a graph, if you could be bothered to draw a graph, it would look like it had grown pretty steadily. But also it really got a lot bigger when iPhones and then iPads came out because suddenly it was just a lot easier to get podcasts and you could download them to the same you you, know, you could press a button and get it on the device that you were holding rather than have to connect a device to a computer. Yeah. Um, so that meant that suddenly all these people that weren't necessarily that tech savvy could listen to podcasts and it was much less of a pain. And that made the audience, it kind of changed the people who were listening to more different people listening. Right. Um, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. You know something else was pretty cool for you? In, oh no! I don't tell uh, me. Oh well, in two thousand and nine, um, <laughs> I, I think some you, you and Ollie, your co-host, made history by being the first podcasters yeah. to be given a national show on BBC Radio, which was your initial goal. Uh, yes, although it was it was just a series of kind of it, well, actually, it wasn't a series at all. It was it was a number of one-off shows, uh-huh. and then we got put on other BBC shows. So it did bring radio work in the end. Huh. But I feel, I feel like podcasting is is something i love more than radio probably because it allows you to be a total control freak because i can have an idea and i don't need permission to make a show about it i can just go and make that show gotcha no so I... maybe actually it was you know bad bad for making me a better person <laughs> <laughs> no I don't, I don't i don't i don't think you're you're a worse person at all so okay so let... <laughs> you don't know me well enough i don't know ellen so um so let's um let's talk about the illusionist you, you know, you yeah. know you, you've been doing this and then you decide to um, launch a you know a new linguistic podcast. First of all, why linguistics? I've always been really interested in uh, how languages evolve. From from when I was a pretty young child, I think I started learning French when I was about seven. Which mm. might have been pretty late for you because you seem to have been a very multinational child. Oh, je parle français aussi, mais pas comme toi. Tu peux parler français mieux que moi. Excusez-moi, où se trouve uh, les toilettes? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, I just started seeing this. You know, very good at language, very good. Um, but I started seeing these connections with words and thinking, and and I learned Latin as well when I was quite little. And thought, oh, maybe that's why it's like this now. Um, and I always really liked studying 
older forms of English. Um, and so I'd always had that academic interest. And then after I left university, there was nothing really to justify it. On onto me this, we get quite a lot of questions about language. So where does the word come from? Or why do we call something the thing that it's called? Or why is this weird phrase something we say without thinking about it? Because so much stuff is actually really weird when you stop to think about it. You're just used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then um, uh, I pitched the show to Roman Mars, uh, who's a friend of mine. I basically said, I'd like to do a version of your show, 99% Invisible, which is about design and architecture, but about words. And luckily he was okay with that. And... Um, and I don't think The Illusionist is that because I do not have the production skills or storytelling skills that they have. Um, so I guess it's kind of like um, an informative entertainment show about language. I don't know. What do you think? What is it? Tell me what it is. No, I, lo- I love it. You know, as someone like myself who grew up in, in different parts of the world, I, I remember coming across, you know, your show because I, I was researching podcast networks. But then I was like, nah, I... Helen, the illusionist. I wonder what that is. Um, and then I, you know, I, st- I started, you know, listening. And I was like, you know, first of all, I love the the dry humor. And then I was like, okay, okay, this is. I need to reach out to her. And then I reached out to you on Twitter. But I think it's an interesting education on language. Uh, a lot of sometimes the guests, or sorry, the audience, they they wonder, uh, you know, where languages come from. Sometimes people, because I speak English and French, they'll ask me if I ever see a correlation with that. And um, I, you know, I, I don't really see it, but I know based on what you're saying, you can, and you have that gift to be able to connect. Sometimes. Yeah. I, but I, I don't, that is, yeah, I never really can tie Latin words to that word. It's that word. I just sort of learn it in a systematic way. And then I'm like, that's just how you say it. So I was I, very, I suppose I like looking as well. I like finding out the things that I don't already know about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so often when I'm going to sleep, I think, Oh, I wonder where that word came from. And I'll think, well, just look it up. Just look it up before you go to sleep. And then, you know, if it's interesting, it's just game over. That's my mind awake for another couple of hours. Yeah. Um, no. But but what I didn't want from a language, and I think a lot of people assume that this is what it will be, is telling people how to use English correctly and right. telling them that they've been doing it wrong. And I, yeah, I don't really want to have to tell people what to do which is a surprise to me and everyone who knows me that I don't actually want to be that bossy in the show. I'm kind of like, ah, live and let live, whatever, you know. Yeah, you just create that platform. around all this anger with me. Yeah, <laughs> about grammar. No, but obviously you've done, so- you've done something good because it's, it's been recognized by iTunes as the best new show and, and that must have been exciting to hear uh, just because, you know, you pitched it maybe about a year ago and here it is in, at the end of the year and you're... Here it is. You've been recognized. Yeah. <laughs> that was really, it was really nice. It was a really nice surprise. Yeah. Um, and and obviously, like it's it's more validated by the fact that people are listening to it. I mean, that they're they're the most important uh, judges of it. Yeah. But um, it's a job I found really hard. I think it's the job I found the, the hardest in my whole life. And so, it's very nice that um, that people like it. Okay. I guess. Well, I, okay. No, I, I, I'm going to go back to that. Why it's really hard. But did you find <laughs> that your background? I know it says you know your 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 father South African. Is that correct? Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. His parents are actually Lithuanian immigrants to South Africa, but my dad grew up in South Africa and then moved to to England. Yeah. I guess when he was in his late twenties, so he's been there ever since. The but he's still I'm, kind of a bit removed from it. The reason I was asking is because you know, you know, shows called "Told by Nomads." Obviously, people identify with several cultures. Did that ever mm. subconsciously play a role in your interests in some of these things? Did you think 
in like language and understanding stuff? That's a really interesting question that I haven't fully thought about. I think it always um, it always gave me a kind of outsidery viewpoint of things, I suppose, <laughs> because my dad had never really fully identified with wherever he was from because his parents weren't from South Africa and I think he just always really wanted to leave. Hmm. But it meant he wasn't really from England either. We were like the only Jewish family in our town and so there was always that sense of difference and I think when you're doing comedy then that's often how people making comedy feel. Right. Um, and I, I wouldn't call myself a comedian and I'm not working out psychological issues through humour in the same way that a lot of comedians are examining their own alienation or whatever. Uh-huh. But it just means like you're you're watching and analysing what is happening. And I think in language there's that as well. There's just the constant question in my mind, why is this like it is in the present? What what does this say about human behaviour? Yeah. No, no, I, I'm, I'm always fascinated by that. And, and the reason I ask you that is because sometimes people react the same way you did because they never really think about their subconscious and, and the fact that mm. they have several cultures. I avoid thinking about my subconscious <laughs> as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you know what I find? I find that sometimes it does play a role and it does pique our interest. And, you know, look at your career. I know you don't call yourself a comedian, but a lot of the work you've done will will, will say that you are quite the comedian uh you know you <laughs> you performed a lot of live comedy you know you've you know you've done stuff at festivals you've done it if you acted in plays um and you interact in, in such a you know humorous way where it, you know you engage with the audience you make them feel comfortable but you're, you're um oh, yeah. and well i mean and that's just from the so. that's just from the interaction i've had with you so i can only imagine what it's like <laughs> but Growing up, when I was always uh, in between cultures, one of my, my ways, I always found a connector. Uh, I found that finding connectors was easier for me to to fit in because I initially I just, you know, you can imagine, you feel out of place all the time. And for me, it was, you know, sports, pop culture, um, and uh, and geography. But, you know, over the times of speaking and hosting and, and running media platforms, I found that other people have said humor sometimes was a good way for them to you know to connect you know you can be that outsider but then if you're the funny person you know you're welcome like ah there's good old helen she's <laughs> yeah exactly but it only works for me in english-speaking cultures really yeah, yeah well put me somewhere where i can't speak the language and what am i going to resort to oh mine? okay but... i can't do mine <laughs> what happens when you d- terrible does, at it does your humor translate to america i hope so <laughs> okay <laughs> because, because um most of the audience, the illusionist, is American. The thing is, I can't, I can't necessarily tell what isn't working for them. Well, they come unless back. They tell me. Well, they come back. Yeah, they soon. do come back. So that, that's that's a way to do that. <laughs> uh, I think also sometimes when you're listening, um, you wouldn't necessarily know that something was supposed to be a joke, and so if you don't feel like you're missing out on a joke, then it's fine. But if mm-hmm. it feels like there's a joke and you're not in on it, then that I think is not a very pleasant feeling, maybe. No. So hopefully I'm not doing that, but I didn't necessarily know if I was. <laughs> no, oh, I, more I, things to worry about. I, no, no, don't worry about it. Trust me, it worked. It worked <laughs> okay, for this okay. this Nigerian guy here. So your humor is translated. Yes. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, now, uh, now I'm going back to that set. You said this is the hardest thing you've done. The the illusionist. Why? Um, I mean, it's not hard. Like really hard jobs are. It's just that um. Most jobs that I've had before that I've found difficult hasn't been the content of the job so much as just either 
not really wanting to do that job because it's something I hate or just not having enough time to do it and so having to work ridiculous hours. Whereas this, I actually find intellectually really challenging. Um, and it's partly because I want to learn things in the course of making it. I want I want to discover a lot of information in each show through research, but uh, but I don't know. I'm like, when I'm describing, oh, it's so hard, I'm thinking, why is it hard? Because it shouldn't be. It's just knocking out a podcast. What's the big deal? No, 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 but... You... <laughs> You're focusing. You're I guess educated. I just want to find an unexpected and interesting angle exactly. on whatever I'm finding out about. Yeah, that's, what that's I was not saying. that hard. That's a pleasure. That's a privilege. <laughs> no, but that, that's what I was saying because what you're attempting to do is, is is not necessarily teach, but you're raising awareness about uh, you know language and linguistic in a way that many people, if any, have ever done. Right, and and that requires a certain amount of creativity. And you know, you you know, the more you have, the more your audience grows. I don't know if that has an added form of pressure, but you always feel like you have to perform. And like, man, okay, that episode was really good. Yeah. I have to top that episode. Um, I have to make sure I, I don't never get complacent. Uh, and yeah. I'm coming up with a fresh angle all the time. And and uh, you know, I think that's the plight of all. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Creatives. But that's also an inspirational thing. It's like, you know, I'm going to top my best work somewhere yeah i think it's it's good to want to make yourself uncomfortable all the time and as soon as something becomes easy then you throw in some new difficult element okay. to keep it interesting so i'm a bit worried that at some point i'll find the show quite easy and then it'll just be it will become a bit boring and <laughs> people won't like it anymore no way no way no way <laughs> so one of the reasons i wanted to talk to you about about podcasting is because you've been with podcasting almost since the beginning and almost yeah it felt like we were late at the time but i guess in retrospect not so much yeah well i look i started a year and a half ago um and people Welcome. thought people yeah thank you and people thought i was a veteran <laughs> this year so it's not trust me uh, <laughs> yeah uh, you, that's you, nice that it's still relatively new that's great i think there's still I, so much to do no and that, that's what i want to talk to you about what do you think about people out especially my generation millennials who have a lot of stories to tell um, and I always tell them, you know, podcasting is great having to do that. But what do you think about podcasting as a mean to tell your story to the world and express yourself? Oh, absolutely amazing. I, I love the fact that there are so few gatekeepers because technologically it's not that inaccessible. Like you don't necessarily need a lot of specialist knowledge about recording equipment or even expensive equipment. People do a lot on just a phone now because it's a barrier to entry, isn't it? If you think oh, I've got to spend hundreds of dollars on getting stuff and then I have to learn how to use it. And that's before you even think what it's going to be about. 
And so I hope a lot of people who are underrepresented in the old forms of media are like, no, enough of that. No, it's, it's time to for me to be heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, there's still there's still a lot of white guys in, I guess, late 30s and 40s doing mm-hmm. it as there are in radio and so many other forms of media that they, they also dominate. So there's a lot of room for other voices to come in and, and other other formats and, and just things that I wouldn't even be able to imagine. I'd love to hear shows from, I don't know where they got that idea from. Right. So you think um, it fosters creativity and diversity? I think it really can. And, um, and I think it really will. I'm excited to know what's going to happen. And because it's audio, you can do so much pretty, on pretty minimal resources. Because I, I think when you're making a film, if you don't have much money, you can see that in the final result. Um, or if you don't have people who, spent years getting good at cinematography or, or where to point a camera or whatever whereas in podcasting you can do a lot in audio and you can cover up mistakes and and lack of knowledge and it will sound as good as people who know what they're doing <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, I'm entirely self-taught I could be doing it all wrong you know, <laughs> There's no way you're doing it all wrong No, but I, I think that, you know the thing that resonates the most is the uh, barrier to entry when I started mm. podcasting it was immediately that I was frustrated you know, because I was thinking, look, there's no media outlet that expresses that I can reach out to or connect with for someone like me, because I have many interests and I I connect with so many cultures and I'm looking, well, everything seems to be so buttoned up and so um, yeah. filtered. So Yes, yeah, so filtered and yeah. so many hierarchies in place. Yeah. And it, and just, you know, the creativity is, is getting compromised at every level of kind of corporate stuff you have to get through in order to make something. Yeah, and 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 or that, the permission. Yeah, there's no you don't need a permission, right? You can you can just do that, mm. and um, and that's and that's one of the reasons that that I think and I I wanted to bring you on is to maybe talk about the ways that that could be an avenue to express yourself. Um, you're because yeah. despite what you say, I think you're a fantastic comedian, but you're a fantastic <laughs> comedian, and in a world of many people trying to be comedians. But you have a, a voice. I mean, you've got many. There are many comedy podcasts. I know there's you know WTF. There's Adam Carolla. There's all these people. Yeah. But you use a different angle, and what I and that's what I wanted to touch on is that you you are yourself. You unashamedly yourself. You express yourself in in the, in the podcast that you host, and even your tweets. Because <laughs> I remember I remember reading one of your tweets, and it was like sad eyed lady of the boomlands. It was last yesterday. Oh. I think. I think it was yesterday. Yeah, I saw this uh, sweater in a shop window near where I live with um, with just big sad eyes on the boobs. I couldn't even understand really why you would want that on yeah. the chest. You know, like some people put eyelashes on their car headlamps. It was yes. like that, but a sweater. Very odd, but <laughs> no, very I, odd. But maybe I don't have the empathy to understand the appeal. No, but, that, but that's what I'm saying. You don't have to worry about saying something like that because you're you're your own boss and you're your own um, gatekeeper, <laughs> and and that's a, and yeah. that's a way. That I wanted you to talk to the audience about because you said the lack of diversity that you see in current media, and you initially wanted to get to BBC, but you saw this was an avenue to get there, and all of a sudden, you know, it sort of took on a life of its own. What are the business aspects of podcasting that people can explore should they stay consistent? Yeah, well, actually, inconsistency is something you could embrace in that if you don't have to have everything sorted out when you start you can discover you can involve a show while while you're making it like the illusionist has i think improved a lot over its first year and become a lot more like itself 
And I don't think it could have had the first episode being like that because I had to make it to discover. And I don't know whether you're given that kind of time to develop in most other media forms, especially as if you're on someone else's time and they're like, well, this studio is costing X number of dollars per minute. It doesn't necessarily make you feel <laughs> that you're most creative. Um, so there's that. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I think the uh, diversity is a, a really important issue. But there's still a problem of discovery. So, you know, if you've got, like, a certain kind of person who's most likely to be writing about podcasts in other media forms, say, and they're writing a list of, like, podcasts you have to listen to, they're very often dominated by white men's shows. And I'm not saying that white men don't make great shows, because they do, but, you know, other people make shows too. Right. Um, and, and I think you need... To, talk up those shows more until there are more of those shows and it's it's a much more level playing field. Gotcha. And we're not at that stage yet. And like in Britain, for instance, radio, is there are very few women on radio. It's something like 20% of voices on radio are female. And even then, are those in an equal role? Are they leading the show or are they just chipping in and saying, laughing at a male host jokes? So we're very behind in that respect, which... It does mean that podcasting is now anywhere, you know, I went into it and I don't really think about my gender until someone says, uses it as a reason why I can't do something. And in podcast listeners don't care, really. The show that I make with Ollie, he's not, neither of us are playing gender stereotypical roles. It's not like he's the main host and I'm the subordinate and he's not a very macho guy and I'm not just talking about... childbirth and, and skirts <laughs> um, I'm perhaps explaining this in quite a rambling way um, but I guess it's just you know you can do anything and um, and you I suppose you can there's the potential to use a medium like podcasting uh, to really even diversify the diversification so it's not like I am representing women I'm just a woman who happens to be doing something right um, um, yeah and you know Huh, I love that. And, I mean, and, and you know, um, you sort of started doing it, and I know your husband's a musician, so you had recording equipment yeah. and it worked. But it, it speaks to your point of ease of uh, starting. How did you start growing your audience? What What are the tips for podcasters to grow audience? Mm, well, it was a bit different then because um, because we weren't on social media when we started. Um, well, actually, no, I tell a lie. We were on MySpace because it was early 2007, and so that was still a going. MySpace, so, gosh. Um, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. It really Top five friends. <laughs> um, so actually, for the first year, it was a very concerted effort to grow the audience. Um, Ollie, uh, he was very canny about this kind of stuff. So he would write to journalists who wrote about podcasts, which was really nobody then. Um, and, um, and now there are far more people who are interested um, saying, oh, we make this show, would you cover it? And oftentimes they, they were like, well, that saves me looking for something to write about. Um, and the other thing was we went on MySpace and just befriended people we thought might like the show. Because um, we thought, oh, we probably would have liked this when we were at high school. Um, so let's groom high schoolers into liking the show, which sounds really creepy now. <laughs> uh, but luckily now they're adults, so it's fine. Some of them have stuck with it all this time. So they're like, I was 13 when I started listening to you and now I've finished my master's degree. And uh, that that's sort of extraordinary and makes me feel about a thousand years old. Um, and then... And so the, the show grew during its first year fairly respectably, given that the audience of podcasts was so much smaller than two. But we got to um, 
we got to number 21 in the UK iTunes chart and we knew that we couldn't crack the top 20 because it was full of BBC shows and shows by big celebrities and yeah. we were not big celebrities or anything and at the time there were only about 20 iTunes stores in the world so yeah. we thought okay what's the smallest country with its own iTunes store well, let's go there and see if we can crack it so we went to Luxembourg I think it's got about 70,000 inhabitants <laughs> and hmm. it's, uh, it's been sort of squished between um, France and Belgium and Germany it's a tiny little country and uh, we spent a day making a concerted effort to become big in Luxembourg and um, they don't like that kind of chicanery there because they're quite a serious country full of diplomats and bureaucrats and we were busking jingles on the street and get, handing out free cookies and stuff um, asking them to subscribe to the show and even though they were very unimpressed by the end of the day we were number three wait you so went to you physically went to luxembourg it wasn't like we, went, a, huh. yeah, we went we went on a road trip just before christmas uh to luxembourg for i think we were there for two nights and um and then because itunes um is actually registered to an address in luxembourg we left them this big christmas card and someone forwarded it back to the guy who was in charge of podcasts in the UK then. Uh, I think now he's managed to, he's, he's the global head and soon he'll be intergalactic podcast head. And he was like, oh, come in and meet me. That's, that's a funny thing. And then he gave us promotion in the store. And they've always been really supportive of our site, so they want to help indie podcasters. Um, and now I know you can just email them. You don't have to go to Luxembourg at all. You can just ask them to promote your show. Um, but that was the roundabout means to us getting promoted on iTunes and our audience just exploded. And then um, huh. it's been kind of growing bigger ever since. So you can just email um, iTunes or... Yeah, or you can go to Luxembourg. It's a star maker. Huh, I have no idea. I didn't even... Because so, sometimes the iTunes is hard to find their email address, but you just... Yeah, you know, but there are real humans who, who sort it out and, and a lot of people get really obsessed with being a new and noteworthy and they've made up all these weird myths about how long you can be new and noteworthy and how you get in there. And the reality is, it's, it's people who are, they're, they're dealing with about 300,000 active feeds. And that's pretty difficult for humans to be able to manage, but they are there and they are trying to promote stuff. They don't necessarily get to see it because of the volume that they're dealing with. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, yeah. sometimes when you're creating a show, um, you need resources, right, uh, Helen? Yeah. And, um, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes you might need to get a lot of work done. You don't have the time and budget, but luckily you yeah. have Fiverr.com. F-I-V-E-R-R.com. And I don't know about you, but they were the ones I used to uh, do my art work and the intro and, uh, intro and the outro. So they've been lucky enough cool. to... Yeah, they've been lucky enough to sponsor the podcast on UR on the episode so audience if you're looking for ways uh to you know get access to millions of creative and professional services from people who love what they do maybe you're looking for a new logo and internet marketing help or ways to improve your search engine optimization all you need to do is sign up to fiverr.com for free and if you sign up to fiverr.com and use the promo code nomads you're going to get 20 percent off your first purchase so F-I-V-E-R-R dot com. Use promo code NOMADS and 20% off your first purchase. Fiverr.com. Any digital service in just one click. That's the first time I've ever done that, Helen. I've never done a mid-roll. I love it. I've never it's done a mid-roll. very accomplished. You oh, Yeah, I've never. I mean, I usually just read and record, but I've never done 
uh, an ad in the middle of uh, a podcast episode. So hopefully I my let you fail. <laughs> hopefully my audience doesn't feel like I, uh, you know, I went off script too much. So we'll see. I, I think they like it when you go off script, um, especially when you're doing an advert. I think that it makes them feel like they're enjoying it more. Yeah, and yeah. therefore listening more, and more likely to use the services that you're talking about. You see, that's why you are the uh, the pod mother. You know, there's like Godfather. I like call you the pod mother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, I'm really just a, a very highly evolved sales tool. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, you know, Helen, what what is your goal? What's your goal to build? Are you, do you hope to build a media platform? Do you want to build yourself oh. as a media company? What's the what's the? Dream? I would not even know how. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're your own so, way. I think everyone's their media company in 2015 these days. Oh, really? I'm so incompetent at any of that. And, <laughs> and even looking ahead beyond about two weeks um, is not a gift of mine. And managing my own career, it looks like there was a plan now, but it was actually a hopeless mess for 12 years until uh, some fortunate events aligned and it looked like I'd, I'd really been quite clever, but I hadn't. Um, so actually this year has been the first time that I thought I'm not trying to aim for something else. Um, I really want to be doing this thing. I I want to be on this plateau and, and just keep doing what I'm doing. I've never felt that before. I've had such a strange career and so many different jobs happening at the same time. So I've been freelance Mm -hmm. for virtually all of it and you kind of have to do enough work to pay the rent and 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 then some really weird jobs came up as a result of the podcast um and um but and even the ones that were really good always felt like they were kind of on on the way to somewhere and this really feels like there's somewhere now so as the future i'm kind of trying not to think about it just in case it's worse and i don't want to spoil the happy present by thinking about a potentially worse future i absolutely get it (laughs) but but the thing that's fascinating with your career is that you started something i think too many times many people are afraid to start um and you started in two thousand nine. Well, they don't know that they can. Well, yeah, no, I agree that they don't know they can. But sometimes, you know, like I didn't start. I thought I had thought of a podcast until like I had thought about doing that for almost a year before I actually did it. Um, and, or, There's already there are always so many great reasons not to start something. That there are very many rational reasons. Yes, and you know, it takes a lot of time doing a podcast, as you know, because you do one, and that's also not necessarily something people have much of. And and also just like there is a lot of fear, I suppose, with any creative pursuit. Like I'm, huh. I'm you're not going to believe this, but I'm an unbelievably lazy person. I can waste so much time, and I think it's partly because I think well I could start that thing, but if I did, then I would find out whether it was going to work or not. And maybe it's best just to think it could rather than know that it won't. And yeah. I think a lot of people are kind of defeated by that little thought trap. But that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And, I, yeah. and the reason why. I, even though you think you're lazy, I think you started. <laughs> I've seen the evidence. <laughs> you started. My Netflix by... watch list knows how lazy I am. Ah, well, I mean, okay. In this aspect, you started and you stay consistent. Um, and mm. you know, it might be nine years in the making, but it's finally. I guess you're seeing <laughs> a road, right? You're seeing a roadmap. You're starting to yeah. get recognized more and more. You're part of a, a big podcast network, um, and you're starting to be a voice for. You know, for 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 diversity, even though you don't want to be one, uh, but you're you're if you see top women, I think po- someone better should be doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but if you say she said top female podcasters, you know, Helen Zaltzman's name is, is going to be one on that list for sure. And it, and it's it's just you know, it's it's the mantle you carry, my friend, right now. Oh wow! It's partly <laughs> just because not that many other people in the UK 
our mm-hmm. female podcasters. So it's not that I'm better than them. It's just that there You're aren't the other ones. Uh, I'd love there to be. And then we could fight for supremacy. For supremacy. <laughs> but we probably wouldn't. We'd, hopefully we'd all just get along. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to build a, more of a podcaster community here and I'm having these meetups every three months or so where people just come to a pub and they and they meet each other and maybe they don't feel quite so alone because it's quite a solitary pursuit as well doing a podcast yeah um and hopefully that means more people they won't be spending so much time in the phase where you're just feeling a bit existentially lost with whatever you're doing with the podcast and and that might free up more time for them actually to to do the thing yeah, well, I don't know. That's the theory. Maybe they just have a nice evening. <laughs> hey, yeah, I think it's a. Do you is that your podcast support group or the Pod Club? Because you do like a book club, except oh. this podcast. Yeah, podcast support group is is the thing where anyone can come along. Who who it was initially so I could give people advice if they were starting because there weren't that many resources uh, a couple of years ago. But really now it's it's for people to to meet each other and hit it off. And some of the people who meet they end up collaborating. And that's really cool. Whereas podcast club is is me and my husband and three friends who are uh, who make podcasts and radio. And um, yeah, we meet once a month, and everyone has to choose an episode of a show that we haven't discussed in podcast club before. And um, and then we all listen to them, and then we meet up and discuss what we thought. And actually, to listen that consciously uh, has been very interesting. And I'm usually doing something else when I'm listening to a podcast, and and so to have to fix my attention is quite good for me. And I've had to listen to a lot of shows that I would never choose, and a lot of them I do hate for the reasons I didn't choose them. But at least <laughs> I at least I've broadened my horizons, and I'm not just having my own taste reflected back to me with the things that I choose. Gotcha, gotcha. And, and they can so find... I really recommend it if you like podcasts or if you are a podcaster, give it a go. They can find all this on uh, HelenZaltzman.com, right? Yeah, but you know, with the podcast club, you can just set up your own one with your own rules. You don't even have to have uh, the rules we have, uh, which where like you you can't have a show that's already been on the podcast club. Gotcha, gotcha. That's, and and also no cereal. That was one of the uh, founding rules. Not an insult, <laughs> cereal, but we were we were already sick of talking about it. <laughs> I, it does seem to yeah. be the, the podcast everybody talks about. So, oh, if I well, sometimes when I run into people that I tell them I'm a podcaster, they're like, oh, like cereal. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah I like or, or they say, "Oh, have you heard of Siri?" Like, yeah, when, yeah, that too. You, where do you think I've been? Even <laughs> <laughs> my mum's probably heard of it, and she's yeah. not interested. Yeah, um, but in particularly, that that's good. So I'm going to close the up the air with some rapid fire questions. I don't know how fast oh, you are Lord. on some questions, but here we go. In three, two, one. Favorite country is where? Oh, it might be the USA. I'm not just saying that because you're there at the moment. Favorite city. Uh, Portland, Oregon. Portland? Okay. Oh, I'm very fond of it. All those happy kind of tattooed people. They're adorable. Favorite TV show? Uh, Maybe um, The Office. Ah, well, that is something that's a great British show. And that is the... Oh, oh, now I'm going to sound like a real... I mean, I don't like the British version, but I love the American version. Okay, well, I like the... I like both of the versions. Okay, Okay, well, good. Well, I mean, that means you're extra happy because you get, like, an extra 13 episodes or something to enjoy. So you like the American version better. You know, I'm I'm going to, you know, Steve Carell... I think it's kinder. Huh, okay, all right. Yeah. I like Luther. I think Luther is probably my favorite British show. Um... Oh, I haven't, I haven't seen that. Oh, you got to see I it. I should. Idris Elba. You got Idris Elba. Lovely Idris it. Elba. Uh, well. <laughs> what a dish. 
I'm sure we like him for different reasons, but I I like <laughs> I think he's a, I think he's a phenomenal actor. I've seen his work. I've been a fan since The yeah. Wire, uh, since The Wire, he, and I think he's phenomenal. And actor. he's also amazing in The American Office. He yes, he was. He did have a an arc there. He did. Um, Very surprising character for him to play. Yeah. Favorite, uh, yeah, favorite. Sorry, derailed your quick fire. <laughs> oh no, it's okay. This is this is nature of the show. Sometimes favorite. Uh, <laughs> uh, wow, now I've lost my train of thought. Favorite mu- type of music. Favorite type of music. Yes. Oh man, I hardly ever get to listen to music now because I'm editing speech all the time. Um, I like gloomy music. So Adele. Like miserable music makes me really happy. Uh, so okay. yeah. Okay. All right, and I'm going to wrap this up with uh, favorite comedian. Oh, my brother's a comedian, so it has to be him. <laughs> it's your brother. Who, who makes the Bugle podcast, yeah. But he is, he's been, like, a huge influence on uh, on my life as well. Yeah, it's good. Family, keeping it in the family. I love it, I love it. So where can, <laughs> where, <laughs> where, where can the audience find you and, um, um, you know, what cool things do you got going on for 2016? Yeah, well, probably a lot more sitting indoors, just looking at a waveform of my own voice. Um, well, try and make that sound as good as possible. Um, so there's uh, Answer Me This and The Allusionist with an A, which you can find where you find podcasts. And uh, you can Google them as well, and then you get the links to them. And uh, my website's helenzaltzman.com. All right, I'll put that in the show notes with helenzaltzman.com, The Allusionist, and Answer Me This. And then um, definitely can you try to get more people to listen to your show, which, you know, I mean, you already did do a good job of doing that, but we'll try and get more uh, more different types Thank of audiences. Oh there. No, that pleasure's, would be delightful. Pleasure's mine. Pleasure's mine. I'm more than happy to What a gentleman. <laughs> you know, my mom did teach me well. <laughs> Evidently did. Credit to the organization. Thank you. Thank you, Mom. Thank you, Mom. Um <laughs> thank you for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure and I've actually enjoyed the conversation we've had because it's been I like the that we didn't have a structure. I like that we just no. talked. And we just talked and we talked and it was great. We we just it. I mean I didn't I I I um was quite tempted to, you know, ask you a bunch of questions, but I thought you should have done that. that. Be the form. You should have done that. (laughs) You ever wake up screaming? (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't have done it. No, no, I really enjoyed it. But thank you so much for coming on. And then we'll we'll, um, we'll get more traffic your way and happy new year. Oh yeah. Happy new year. Happy new year. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to use your difference to make a difference, as well as for show notes, head over to www.uidmag.com. Till next time, go out and make an impact in your world. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this 
allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 